0: It's Thursday, September 28th, 2023, and this is Ozarks at Large.
1: I'm Kyle Kellams. I'm Matthew Moore. Today, what happens when a liberal attorney joins a Zoom call with a
2: group of conservative politicians and voters? And I I told them, like, guys, I'm so honored and and happy to be a part of this because I don't ever get to talk to you. And I think that we have more in common than we have not in common. and, And let's not let the divisive issues divide us.
0: How the Arkansas Freedom of Information Act is bringing together concerned citizens across the political spectrum. Plus, new innovation labs open in Fort Smith and Bentonville.
3: Well, as we all know, there's a huge digital divide in our, uh, in our communities, and the Fort Smith Boys and Girls Club will help bridge that digital divide by providing Internet access, Wi-Fi.
1: And in her latest sound perimeter, Leah Uribe celebrates Waters' influence on music. First, the news from NPR. Main Street Eureka Springs is hosting open studios on October 14th and 15th throughout Eureka Springs, supporting artists and makers and Oz Inc., the Northwest Arkansas artist and maker incubator. Tickets and more information available at MainStreetEurekaSpring.org slash open studios.
4: Support for KUAF comes from the Clinton School of Public Service at the University of Arkansas. The MPS degree is an action-oriented program focused on preparing students for the tough work of on-the-ground change. The Clinton School is expanding its range of merit-based scholarships and cost-of-living stipends to enrolling students for fall 2024. More at Clintonschool.uasys.edu.
0: This is Ozarks at Large for Thursday, September 28, 2023. I'm Kyle Kellams.
1: I'm Matthew Moore. Ahead today, Leah Uribe's 101st edition of Sound Perimeter explores the influence water, lakes, and rivers can have on composers.
0: This is the annual Autumn On Air fundraiser for 91.3 KUAF. We're asking that you continue, or perhaps begin, your financial support of your public radio. It's simple to do. You can do it at supportkuaf.com. And Matthew if there were just some great longtime listeners/slash supporters of Ozarks at Large, that would give a nudge.
1: Yeah, yeah. Luckily, we have that influence that we can uh, that we can give. Uh, our friends David and Deborah Malone have given uh, another challenge today during this hour's Ozarks at Large: hundred and fifty dollars, dollar for dollar. will get matched if we can uh, match that goal.
0: Now, you don't have to do the entire one hundred fifty. We're all going to work together to reach $150 during this hour, and the Malones will match that. Hey, this might sound familiar. Mm -hmm. You've been listening for some time. You deeply value the stories and reporting you hear every day on KUAF. You've listened during the last three and a half days to drives like this one and thought, I really should support KUAF. Guess what? Now is the time to do it. You budget for the things that are necessary in your life. Put KUAF and public radio in that category we play an essential role in our community and our democracy. We pursue the truth independently with deeply researched journalism. Listener support makes up the largest share of KUAF's funding.
1: And, you know, it, sometimes it can kind of pay off to be a bit of a procrastinator because you've yeah. got a pretty good size uh, a matching challenge right here that you, if this is your first time to give, you've been listening for a while and you say, you know what? I kind of owe some back taxes (laughs) on giving. You can give, you know, a gift right now and up to $150. uh, David and Deborah are going to match that.
0: The reason I don't get in line to pay my my property taxes till October 15th is because I'm waiting for that challenge. (laughs) Hey, Kyle, if you pay your property taxes right now today, it'll be matched dollar for dollar by Bill Gates. Yeah. Hasn't happened yet.
1: Not yet, but... At KUAF, it does. You can right. uh, You can make a gift right now at supportkuaf.com.
0: The recent special session of the Arkansas Legislature, and specifically the attempts to heavily revise the Arkansas Freedom of Information Act, brought together some strange alliances. Groups from across the political spectrum agreed the law in place should not be tampered with. So much so that a ballot question committee has been formed to codify them into the Arkansas Constitution
1: with an amendment. Matthew has more details. It's not exactly the odd couple, but if you only know David Couch and Nate Bell from their social media presence prior to this year, it might seem at least unlikely that the two were pairing up. Nate Bell is a former Republican state representative in the General Assembly. His legislative voting record is anti-abortion, pro-concealed carry, and fiscally conservative. David Couch is an attorney who has worked on many of the constitutional amendments that have been on the ballot, including the medical marijuana amendment that passed in 2016 and an amendment in 2014 that would have legalized alcohol statewide. But last week, as they sat next to each other in the Bruce and Ann Applegate News Studio 2, a common refrain came from both of them. I agree. I would absolutely agree with David. Bell pushed back against the idea that people should be surprised that
5: he and Couch would be working together on a project. The two of us uh, have a, actually have a, some history of working together on issues like transparency. The ethics amendment that passed uh, several years ago in the legislature um, is probably where I first encountered one-on-one working with David and. Uh, We've partnered on a few things over the years. You know, There's a lot of things that David and I disagree on, but there are a lot of things we agree on. And we just set those things that we disagree on aside and work on the things we agree on together.
2: Yeah, but the most important thing we agree on is that the power belongs with the people. And, you know, whether you disagree on an issue or not, that's for the people to decide. And he's right. It was a 2012 when we did this ethics amendment. We didn't get it on the ballot Uh, But after that, we worked with with Nate and others in the General Assembly, and we referred out that amendment that passed in 2014 that did a lot of reforms that was uh, needed at the time. Bell says state legislators
5: use FOIA quite a lot. One specific example that I actually had the opportunity to point to a couple days ago is um, the Arkansas Forestry Commission was actually violating state budget law. A couple of legislators, um, most specifically Senator King, used FOIA to um, directly catch them in that, ultimately exposed um, a situation that led to numerous employees being terminated and uh, a lot of major reforms happening. If the original version of the FOIA restriction bill had passed, then this request that Bell made... ...is one that very specifically would have been prohibited under um, the proposed law that, you know, ultimately went down. Couch says he has
1: a lot of ideas for what should be brought to the ballot for constitutional amendments, but he didn't think codifying FOIA would be one
2: of them. The first time this popped into our mind was uh, the Friday before the General Assembly went into session and the draft of the bill uh, was released. After reviewing that, you know, My phone rang, my cell phone, you know, buzzed. You had people like, what in the world is going on? And so when we first looked at this, you know, I thought uh, because of the way that the General Assembly has acted in the past session that they would just ram this thing right on through. So when we were first looking at it, we were looking like, "Okay, let's write a ballot title. We're going to do a referendum on this because I knew that the people overwhelmingly opposed it. You might
1: remember the referendum process from earlier this year when the group CAPES attempted to collect signatures to overturn the LEARNS Act. Instead of a referendum, Couch and Bell are working to put together a ballot question committee for a citizen-initiated constitutional amendment. This is an organization that can receive contributions for the purpose of expressly advocating the qualification disqualification, passage, or defeat of any ballot question. And Couch says that process is starting immediately for them.
2: We have to collect 90,704 signatures of registered voters all across the state of Arkansas by July of 2024. That's the day that we have to turn them in. So, you know, we're in the process of drafting an amendment. I mean, the, the process is going to be just like the bill. It's going to be open and transparent. Anybody that wants to look at it can send it. I'll send it to you and I'd love to have your comments on it as well. Uh, so it's going to be an open, transparent process. So it's going to take a little while to to draft the, the amendment itself because, you know, we don't want to have any unintended consequences as a result of it.
1: Once the amendment is drafted, it is sent to the attorney general where the ballot title must be approved.
2: That could be a. Tricky process. I'm not sure how much in favor he will be of a Freedom of Information Act amendment. So that'll take some time. So, you know, uh, we're just nine or 10 months away. So we need to get rolling now.
1: The final version of the FOIA restriction bill, which is now Act 7, amended the Arkansas Freedom of Information Act to exempt records that reflect the planning or provision of security services of the governor or any other state elected official. Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders says the changes to this bill protect her family. Bell
5: says this was a diversion by the governor. The reality is that this governor knows better than probably anyone in Arkansas that you can grow up as a child in the governor's mansion uh, under existing FOIA and be safe. Um, She did it herself. Bell pointed to a question that Representative Jamie Scott of North Little Rock
1: asked during the House, State Agencies, and Governmental Affairs Committee meeting. Representative Scott is asking Representative David Ray of Momel, who was the lead sponsor of the House version of the bill.
3: Our FOIA law has been in effect since 1964. Can you point to me or briefly give me an instance where in the current statute, the governor or her family has been put at risk?
6: I'm not aware of any examples where individuals have used the FOIA up until now to obtain information related to their safety and security
5: and they just simply couldn't answer the question because the reality is it hasn't happened i want to say the threat to the children of elected officials is real i actually had in one case most most of them aren't credible but i had one that was quite credible directly threatening to rape and murder my daughter you know former attorney general dustin mcdaniel i actually contacted him late at night and said dustin you know i need i need some help with this and uh He immediately got on the phone with the FBI. That person got a knock on their door and that problem was resolved. But um, those threats are real. And I'm certainly not taking that lightly. I'm just saying that I don't believe that the people knowing where the governor's been, who she went with and what it costs is jeopardizing the safety of her children. Couch says the biggest roadblock the ballot question committee must
1: overcome is getting the ballot title
2: approved. If we get over that hurdle, and we will eventually get over that hurdle one way or the other. When this issue arose, and we discussed it some on Twitter, and, and and Nate and I have been involved in several Zooms over the last week with people that I never thought I would ever be involved with on a Zoom talking about a political issue, and it was really great. I mean, honestly, I think that you know, start with the, the LEARNS Act and, and the movement that started behind that, and you start with the movement that is behind the Freedom of Information Act. I think that we are at a point in Arkansas where the power to the people is, is bubbling. I think we're at a really opportunity to make transitional, generational changes in our state now as a result of the, basically the overreach of the General Assembly and the, the heavy-handedness of the governor.
1: When you have a group of people who fall all along the political spectrum trying to align on one common issue like FOIA,
5: especially in a Facebook group, Bell says they have a guiding principle. We discuss ideas, not people. And so um, that's probably, I think, the key point. Um, There are a number of people who've come on there, you know, and tried to make it about Sarah. I just refuse to let it be about um, the governor. It's, you know, while she is the person who directly took this on, um, ultimately, this is bigger than her. You know, there are people who want to make it about the attorney general. And it's essential that we remember that this is about an issue and not about politicians. And I I think the fastest way that this movement can be hijacked is if we let it become about individuals.
2: I agree 100 percent. The Zoom we were on yesterday or day before yesterday, you know, it was conservative, mostly that people that I don't ever get to work with. And I, I told them, like, guys, I'm so honored and and happy to be a part of this because I don't ever get to talk to you. And I think that we have more in common than we have not in common, and and let's not let the divisive issues divide us. If the ballot title is approved by the
1: attorney general and collects enough signatures, it will be on the ballots on November 5th, 2024. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Matthew Moore. Another ballot issue group
0: in Arkansas is presenting a constitutional amendment that will remove sales tax from tampons, pads, and other period supplies previous version of the amendment was rejected by the Attorney General Tim Griffin on Monday. The Attorney General's reasoning is that the initiative's definition for exempted products was ambiguous, potentially causing a conflict for Arkansas's membership in an interstate compact on sales tax uniformity. An updated version of the ballot title was submitted yesterday, which makes the exempted products list more clear and has also added
1: diapers. To the cause. Uh, that's a that's a cause I can get I on know, board I bet with. you can. We'll hear more from Arkansas Period Poverty Project, one of the groups advocating for this ballot measure, on a future edition of Ozarks at Large.
7: In the background is Austrian guitarist Wolfgang Muthspiel, and I'm Robert Ginsberg, your host for Shades of Jazz. On this week's edition of Shades of Jazz, we'll hear more from Wolfgang, as well as music from Ernesto Cervini, Ruslan Sirota, Emmanuel Wilkins, and much more. Tune in to Shades of Jazz right here on KUAF every Friday and Saturday.
0: Shades of Jazz, tomorrow night at 10 on 91.3 KUAF, Saturday from 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. on KUAF 3. You can find KUAF 3 for free on your HD radio at KUAF.com or by asking your smart speaker to play KUAF3. And still will come on today's show, the largest pediatric clinic network in Arkansas is based in Fayetteville and is celebrating 40 years.
8: This clinic started off as a two-man show back in 1983 uh, when Dr. Uh, Joe T. Robinson and Dr. Terry Payton founded the clinic, and at that time there wasn't much access to, to individualized pediatric care at all.
1: Paul Gatling from the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal report talks with Dr. Grant Gaines in about ten minutes on Ozarks at Large.
0: All year long, your support helps power thoughtful, local and global conversations. Your support makes sure your days are bookended with Morning Edition, All Things Considered, and week after week, your support delivers One A, Fresh Air, and Ozarks at Large. It adds insights, balance, fun to your weekends with Radio Lab. Wait, wait, don't tell me. On the media, every day. This amazing community service, KUAF, is powered by the
1: support of listeners like you. How do you make that support? You can do that at supportkuaf.com. It takes just a couple of moments to get a little bit of information from you. And within no time, you can be a member of this community who continues to help bring this for the rest of our community. If we raise $150 combined during this hour of Ozarks at Large, what happens? That money gets doubled thanks to the generosity of David and Deborah Malone, our friends in Fayetteville. They've put up some money of their own to incentivize you to give, whether you're giving for the first time or the 500th time. You can make that gift at supportkuaf.com.
0: All gifts are important. They all work together, so we continue to bring you this great radio. The largest share of our
1: budget comes from listener support. The University of Arkansas System Board of Trustees has approved the sale of the property where a former nuclear reactor was housed. The Southwest Experimental Fast Oxide Reactor, or C4, as well as 600-plus acres of land were sold for $1.15 million.
0: The land is in Strickler, about 20 miles south of Fayetteville. C4 was completed in 1969 for $28 million and funded by the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission and private energy companies to test-generate plutonium that could fuel nuclear power plants. It was shut down three years later. The site was fully decommissioned and decontaminated beginning in 2017 at a cost of
1: nearly $30 million, funded by U.S. Department of Energy grants. The property was offered for public sale by sealed bid, according to U of A spokesperson John Thomas. Proceeds from the sale will be placed in university reserves. The Arkansas Tech University Ozark campus has begun classes for its cardiac sonography program in its new location in Fort Smith. The program was previously housed at Chaffee Crossing, but now meets in the Arkansas Colleges of Health Education Research Institute Health and Wellness Center. Our partners at Talk Business and Politics spoke with Christian Wendling, the program's chair,
0: who says the new facility is a great upgrade for the students and the new location provides added security and better accommodations for both students and volunteers who allow the students to practice their cardiac sonography skills. The program caps at 15 students at a time and takes three semesters to complete. In 2022, 12 students graduated from the program with all 12 currently employed in cardiac sonography.
1: Ozark Regional Transit announced their highest monthly ridership totals since 2016. ORT says August saw nearly 28,000 total ridership, with average daily passengers around 1,100. As Ozark's at Large's Jana Carruth recently reported on our show, ORT had more routes in 2016 than they do today, which means they are moving more people with fewer routes.
0: Talk Business and Politics reports Ozark Regional Transit will soon receive seven new Ram Promaster vehicles that can be used for on-demand transit or paratransit
1: services and will allow them to retire some older vehicles in their fleet. The 14th ranked Arkansas volleyball team is now 13 and 2 after a straight set win over number 24 Auburn last night in Barnhill Arena. The Razorbacks now have a week off before traveling to LSU next Wednesday night.
0: And the 7th ranked Razorback
1: soccer team in
0: Missouri tonight, a win against the Tigers would extend their winning streak to 5. No matter if it's the headlines, the hard news, the conversations that keep you listening, the moments of delight and surprise you find on your public radio station, 91.3 KUAF, whatever keeps you listening, please know... It wouldn't be possible without your support.
1: That's right. We The vast majority of the funding here at KUAF comes from listeners just like you. So if you haven't had a chance to do so yet, now's the time to do it. And we've got a little bit of an incentive for you as well. We've got a challenge from our friends David and Deborah Malone of Fayetteville. $150 during this hour's Ozarks at Large. You can make a gift, and dollar for dollar, up to $150, they will match that. You
0: can make any contribution right now at supportkuaf.com, and thank you.
1: KUAF is supported by Carmelita's Modern Mexican Cuisine. It's located at 7022 West Sunset Avenue, Suite 5 in Springdale. Serving authentic Northern Mexican and Southern Californian style lunch from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. and modern Mexican dinner from 5 to 9, Monday through Friday. More information at Carmelita's NWA.com. Time now for today's
7: Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. I'm Paul Gatling. If you're in the crowd who believes there are too many banks in Northwest Arkansas, well, these aren't technically new banks I'm about to discuss, but they are planning new branches. Today's Bank, which is headquartered in Huntsville, expects to open a new branch in Pea Ridge before the end of the year. The bank has 10 full-service locations, but this will be its first in Benton County. And Today's Bank will be the third bank, with at least one full-service branch in Pea Ridge, joining Equity Bank and Arvest Bank. In Washington County, state bank officials have approved a new branch on West Weddington Drive in Fayetteville for Batesville Chartered First Community Bank, which opened its first Northwest Arkansas office in October in Rogers. The Bank of Fayetteville previously operated a branch in the Weddington Drive building, but it recently closed. First, Community Bank is in the process of buying it. Then they'll renovate it with plans to open there next spring. and That will give Fayetteville 30 banks with at least one full-service branch. We reported those details in the latest issue of the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal, which is out this week. You can read the digital version for free at nwabusinessjournal.com. We've got more news after the break on today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report.
9: Support for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report is provided by the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas. The Chamber's mission is to promote a pro-business, free enterprise agenda and prevent legislation, regulation, and rules that hinder business. More at ArkansasStateChamber.com. Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield. For more than 70 years, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield has used its knowledge and compassion to create health solutions for individuals and businesses. Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Live fearless. More information at ArkansasBlueCross.com. First Security is proud to be only in Arkansas, and it shows in your banking experience. They offer smart solutions for personal and business banking, plus convenient services and community investment. That's because First Security is 100% focused on serving customers all across the state and nowhere else. It's local banking with local commitment. First Security. Bank Better. Member FDIC. Equal Housing Lender.
7: Northwest Arkansas Pediatrics, the largest private pediatric practice in Arkansas, is celebrating its 40th birthday this week. It is a clinic of the independent physician group MANA, or Medical Associates of Northwest Arkansas. Dr. Grant Gaines is a physician at Northwest Arkansas Pediatrics. Earlier this week we discussed the clinic's evolution since the early 1980s and how they will continue to practice in one of
8: the country's fastest growing regions. You know this clinic started off as a two-man show back in 1983 uh, when Dr. uh, Joe T. Robinson and Dr. Terry Payton founded the clinic and at that time there wasn't much access to, to individualized pediatric care at all. And so uh, they had a real vision for the clinic of what it uh, needed to look like. And so we've been uh, trying to carry on that, that legacy for the past uh, 40 years and hope to have another 40 years afterwards.
6: Uh, there may be some listeners who who don't know this, uh, so I'll, I'll ask the question to you and you can answer it proudly. Um, who is the largest, largest pediatric group in Arkansas? Uh,
8: that would be us. Yes, sir. <laughs> we are uh, uh, the, the largest private practice group in the – in a state with uh, 19 board-certified pediatricians. As you know, this area is growing, and so we are trying to meet the demands of, of our community and, and best serve them the, the best way we can.
6: Yeah, you, you mentioned that growth. Um, kind of talk about where you see the practice going here in the next five or ten years. You know, we report a lot about the healthcare evolution in the region and all that that encompasses, and as it relates to the population growth, right? That's what's driving a lot of this. How does that impact your growth strategy and your planning there at uh, at the clinic?
8: Absolutely, absolutely. As you know and we're w- very well of, uh, you know, this this area and, and just medicine in general is changing so fast. I think one of the reasons we've been so successful these past forty years is that we're always trying to be innovative and and think of creative ways to meet again those needs that in the in the community so you know having our uh, whole research department for example we we do clinical research uh, so of course we see checkups and sick visits and things like that but having uh, the insight to do clinical trials and things that are you know potentially uh, down the future going to be really helpful for our patients uh, is really important to us so Doing things like that, you know, we uh, um, are offering you know uh, wellness visits with pediatricians that you've uh, been with for, for years and that you see for every single checkup. So I know some of my patients; they will see me no matter if I'm in our Rogers clinic or Fayetteville uh, uh, clinic, no matter what. But then also having that flexibility of of meeting those needs as far as having after hours clinics or uh, we have a Saturday clinic as well. So I think kind of meeting the need uh, of uh, in the future of of where those Patients need to be seen, and taking uh, all that uh, while they're being taken really, really good care of is, is, is uh, what, what's important to us.
6: Yeah. Now, um, a little bit about you and your background. Now, you joined the, the clinic just a few years ago. Is that right? Yes, sir. I've been
8: practicing a little over four years uh, at the uh, Northwest Pediatrics. Yes.
6: And why did you want to join that practice and be involved with that? What was appealing about the practice
8: to you? Absolutely. So I actually went to the University of Arkansas for undergrad and actually uh, spent a little time with some of the physicians uh, that I are now get to call uh, partners, which is excellent. So from early on, I knew what a gem the the clinic was and just the right balance of these, you know, my coworkers, everybody uh, that I'm dealing with had such a passion for pediatrics. So we really, really do enjoy what we're doing. I think from a business model, we are uh, successful. We um, because we 're larger we we are able to to have again some innovative things and, and properties that make a, a business successful, so that 's really been uh, nice as well um, and then obviously, living in northwest arkansas right uh, is, is as we all know one of the the best cities in the, in the world to, to live and so I think all that together with my own just uh, desire to to be a be a good pediatrician is, is what ultimately led me here and luckily, like I said, having those contacts I reached out early to them, saying, "Hey, I, I need to get back to my my home, uh, which is what I call now." Um, and was lucky enough for them to to take me on board. Yeah, you mentioned the business model. I want to I want
6: to kind of dig into that a little bit. How important is it, uh, or how beneficial is it? I guess that you're able to you know be a part of the MANA Medical Associates mm-hmm. umbrella, so to speak, as, as far as sharing costs and sharing resources. To, to let you guys effectively manage that practice while also uh, keeping you focused on just providing uh, patient care that 's got to be a, a big
8: benefit to the business model absolutely absolutely so I, I like to think that we're we 're in a way a unicorn of, of sorts that we're big enough and large enough to you know share costs and, and lucky to be part of MANA, uh, which originally of course uh, wasn't wasn 't the case when Dr. Robinson and Peyton started this, so having that kind of overhead, sharing costs, uh, things like that, and also having the support of our CEOs and um, having HR and and billing departments, things like that, can take a little bit of that business side off of our plates um, in order for us to be effective pediatricians. You know, at the end of the day, though, us being private and and, uh, kind of how we want the business to run is also hugely important. And so that's been really great as far as, hey, we see this need for pediatrics. let's make this happen. Let's get that, you know, flu clinic uh, open, uh, up and running. We don't have to jump through all the hoops of a big hospital system to in order to do that. Um, And so I think that's hopefully we're striking a good balance between, you know, providing good private practice uh, care where we get to make our own decisions and have that autonomy, yet at the same time being very uh, uh, supported by by a larger corporation of MANA.
7: That is Dr. Grant Gaines with Northwest Arkansas Pediatrics, the state's largest private pediatric practice. They are celebrating 40 years this week, and you can learn more at nwapediatrics.com. Tyson Foods has named Melanie Bolden president of its prepared foods business. She replaces Stuart Glendinning, who exited a few weeks ago to become CEO of apparel retailer Express. Bolden has been Tyson Foods' chief growth officer since late last year. Longtime Fayetteville attorney Shannon Fant has opened a law firm in the city. Fant Law Firm is at 217 East Avenue. Fant worked for the past 24 years at Bassett Law Firm. He was a partner for nearly 20 years. And bolstered by its three public banking giants, Arkansas's 82 federally insured banks reported a profit of $990.4 million in the first six months of the year. That's up nearly 14% compared with the first half of 2022. I'm Paul Gatling, and that's the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Until next time, thanks for listening.
0: Here's something that's not at all a scoop. You can't be everywhere. Tuesday, we wanted to get a reporter to the opening of the new Innovation Lab at the Fort Smith Boys and Girls Club on Dallas Street. But it's our fundraising week and schedules are incredibly tight. So we did the next best thing. We called during the opening. The lab's opening served actually as a simultaneous ceremony for both the lab in Fort Smith and another Innovation Lab in Bentonville at the Boys and Girls Club on Northeast Walker. Both made possible through a total $40,000 grant award from Cox Communications. After the doors had opened in Fort Smith Tuesday afternoon, I reached Beth Presley, CEO of the Fort Smith Boys and Girls Club, with the excitement whirling all about her.
3: Well, as we all know, there's a huge digital divide in our, uh, in our communities, and the Fort Smith Boys and Girls Club will help bridge that digital divide by providing internet access, Wi-Fi, and just a technology semester for kids to come in and learn everything in science, technology, art, and mathematics.
0: How will it work for families and children to take advantage of this?
3: They need to become a member of the Fort Smith Boys and Girls Club, which is very easy to do. We have four units in the Fort Smith area, and each of our units, thanks to Cox, has a Cox Innovation Lab. The new one at the Gold Trab is the most highest news technology, thanks to the $20,000 donation from Cox. So we aim to provide newer technology like Lego robotics and drones and 3D printers. So all they have to do is become a member and attend our after-school or summer program.
0: And Beth, I you're going to have to help. What what is Lego robotics? What can what can be done with Lego robotics?
3: Yeah. So the kids use Legos to actually build robots, and there's competitions in the state to actually have teams, and we'll compete within our our, our actual. Uh, club units and also against other schools where they actually build robots using Legos that actually work and move. And uh, it's a great way for them to learn about building, be creative, and uh, new technology.
0: I know there's some other folks there that I can talk to. Do you mind passing the phone to one of them? Yeah,
3: no problem. I'll give you to Matt. Thank Uh, you. All right. Hello, this is
10: Matt. I'm the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of Benton County.
0: All right, so you are actually in Fort Smith in Sebastian County right now. What can you tell me about the Innovation Lab that's to the north of where you are right now?
10: (laughs) Sure. So, yes, our Innovation Lab went into our Bentonville unit, um, just uh, right there in the center of Bentonville. And our lab, I mean, this Cox grant allowed us to completely transform how the kids are going to learn um, in in our club. Just like Beth and and the Fort Smith Boys and Girls Club, we – we were able to buy all new Chromebooks, we got um, microscopes, we got lab coats for the kids, um, and, and just a completely renovated learning uh, uh, learning space that's gonna transform how the kids learn. And, and our goal is to really inspire them to try something new every single day, especially in the STEM field. So we couldn't be more appreciative.
0: What What can it mean for a young person to have this sort of technology available to them?
10: So a lot of the kids that, that come into the club, um, many times they don't understand what is possible. These, these innovation labs begin to open up these children's minds so that they can, they can just imagine. They can, they can do things that they're like, wow, I can do that. Um, I can create something on a computer that I print out on a 3D printer. I can, um, and I get to take it home with me and show, show their friends and show their parents all of what's possible. And and that that's our whole goal in, in life or in our job, is when a kid leaves our club, is that they somehow are, are going to be inspired, and ho- the goal is hopefully that they're going to take this, the learning what they learn here, and turn it into a career someday, and and it just opens their minds to, to new possibilities. It's it's amazing.
0: I know you're in Fort Smith. This was the sort of dual sort of introduction to the innovation labs. Um, what's it going to be like in the Bentonville unit? Do you think?
10: So it's very, it's very similar. So the goal is still the same. We, uh, we chose to invest in, in Chromebooks. Um, we have, uh, microscopes and, and STEM kits and robotics kits. And, and so it, again, it, it's very similar. They, um, we work together with the Fort Smith Boys and Girls Club to try to figure out, you know, we bounce ideas off of each other and, and, uh, it's, it's truly a transformational space.
0: What kind of conversations do you have, not just with your colleagues in Benton County and your colleagues across the state, but maybe other boys and girls clubs across the country about, you know, staying relevant and making sure that there are things like the Innovation Lab as well as the basketball courts?
10: Um, Absolutely. So we have a great network across Arkansas, but we also have a network across the country and we learn from each other. Um, I mean, you know, having someone copy your program is, is the best form, or best, best, uh, form of flattery. Um, we, we ask uh, other clubs like, hey, what are you doing that's innovative? And, and we learn from each other. And that's, it's, it's a great group of folks. We uh, CEOs stay pretty tight. And, and, again, we just learn from each other. And it's a, I, I'm proud to be part of such a great organization.
0: All right, Matt, I've talked to you. I've talked to Beth. I think there might be somebody else there that I can talk to. Is that right? Yes, this is Tina.
10: Here's Tina. This is Tina Gabbard,
4: Market Vice President, Talk Communications.
0: All right, Tina, what is, what, describe what's happening around you and Matt and Beth right now. How would you describe the action?
4: The action is amazing, and the the energy is even more incredible to watch these kids actually interacting with the technology. They couldn't wait to get in here and get their hands on all of the Lego equipment and the computers and the 3D printers. It's amazing. And and you can probably hear just from the the excitement and the talking and the yelling how much fun they're already having with it and learning and teaching each other. It's incredible.
0: How did Cox and the Boys and Girls Clubs come together on this project?
4: Um, Cox is a longtime partner of Boys and Girls Clubs. We've donated over $40 million to Boys and Girls Clubs across America. So this is a very long-standing partnership for us. We're we're definitely in it for the long haul. This is part of our DNA for sure.
0: What sort of conversations did you have, you know, with your your friends there in Fort Smith and in Bentonville about these labs?
4: Um, we we've had a lot of conversations about what the kids need and what what is needed just for longer term use too. As we know, that technology is changing literally by the week it seems, and with AI and um, all kinds of 3D printer capabilities. We know that labs aren't your traditional labs anymore. They, they look very different. A lot of labs can even be carried in your hands now. Um, so the, the traditional lab thinking is a thing of the past, and these kids are showing us that right now with every little thing they're touching in here.
0: How how much of what's in the Innovation Lab are you familiar with? I'm I'm not embarrassed to admit that I've, I've never used a 3D printer. There's a lot of this that, you know, I could learn from.
4: Certainly, certainly. It is incredible. And they're teaching us as we speak. So it's amazing the equipment that gets delivered here. When we think about the Internet of Things and AI, artificial intelligence, they're teaching us. Several of them were showing me a few things on my very own cell phone here a little while ago that I didn't know my cell phone could do. So they're they're teaching us as we speak, literally as the lab opens.
0: Tina Gabbard is Cox Market Vice President for Arkansas. We also talked with Matt Taliaferro, CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of Benton County, and Beth Presley, CEO of the Fort Smith Boys and Girls Club. I reached them all during the grand opening of the Innovation Lab at the Fort Smith Boys and Girls Club on Dallas Street. That took place Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday served as the grand opening for It!, and the Innovation Lab at the Boys and Girls Club on Northeast Walker Street in Bentonville. The labs were opened with an evenly split $40,000 award from Cox Communications.
11: I'm Professor of Music and Associate Dean at the University of Arkansas Fulbright College of Arts and Sciences, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. We open Sound Perimeter today with Act 2, Number 10 from the Ballet Swan Lake by Russian composer Pyotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky wrote this piece in 1876 for the Bolshoi Theater, a historic theater in Moscow, Russia, home of the internationally renowned Bolshoi Ballet. Tchaikovsky wrote some of the most popular concert music in the current classical repertoire, and Swan Lake is one of the most popular pieces of all time as well. The ballet Swan Lake tells the story of a young prince who goes on a swan hunting trip and finds a mysterious and beautiful lake where swans float gracefully, becoming young women as they touch shore. But the lake keeper, an evil magician, only allows them to remain human between midnight and dawn. The prince falls in love with one of them, but unfortunately, their love depends on the magician's spell. The scene, featuring a gorgeous obo solo, portrays the shimmering lake under the moonlight as the prince and his friends watch the group of swans glide over the nighttime lake and get ready to go to rest after they become humans. That was Act Two, No. 10 from the ballet Swan Lake by Russian composer Pyotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky, interpreted by the London Symphony Orchestra, conducted by Andrei Previn. Music composers often draw inspiration from various aspects of the natural world, including water, because it offers a rich source of metaphorical, emotional, and sensorial associations. American composer Judith Lang Zimond, recognized internationally for her music's distinctive style characterized by expressive strength and dynamism, was also captivated by the many forms of water when writing her Symphony Number 4 subtitle, Pure Cool Water. She wrote this piece in honor of her late father, whose career as a chemical engineer helped provide international communities with quality resources for drinking water. From her Symphony Number 4 today, we have chosen an excerpt from the first movement, In a Current River. That was an excerpt from Symphony No. 4, Pure Cool Water, by American composer Judith Lang Zimond, interpreted by the Janacek Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Niels Moos. Colombia, my country of origin, lost recently Teto Ocampo, a musician remembered for being the producer and guitarist for albums like Clásicos de la Provincia in 1993, La Tierra del Olvido and La Provincia in 1995 by Carlos Vives, among many other classics that left their mark on the musical history of Colombia. His explorations also led him to delve into the indigenous music of our country. Honoring Teto Ocampo, an iconic Colombian musician, composer, and guitarist, we feature today Lagunita, Little Lagoon, a song by Alejandra Ortiz, voice arranged by Teto Ocampo for this project, recorded live in the Amazon region of Colombia in 2020.
12: Tejiendo red con los hilos claros Del tiempo hace que crezcan en su matriz resplandecientes los sueños. Con el amor, yo lo con escudo de fe silencio y en la espesura de los cuerpos recuerdos saber unirse y abrazar enteros cambian despacio las rocas que el agua alaba insistiendo hace que crezcan en su matriz ya cristaliz. Sueño. Con el amor, yo lo brinco y sé hago un escudo de fe, silencio y el espesor los cuales recuerdo y en las besuras
11: Sound Penimeter, we chose the theme of water in music compositions as a source of inspiration for countless composers throughout time and history. Water symbolizes change, reflection, tranquility, and power, and we hope you are connected to its fluid and captivating world. This is Leah Uribe, professor of music and associate dean at the University of Arkansas Fulbright College of Arts and Sciences, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Pedimeter. Sound Penimeter is a show written and hosted by me and produced by Timothy Dennis of KUAF 91.3 in Fayetteville, Arkansas. This segment is dedicated to diverse voices in and around music. I hope it will expand your knowledge and connection to inclusive sounds and let music infiltrate your lives and transform your realities. I will see you soon.
0: Tomorrow in Ozarks, a strategy to have parents read a thousand books to their children before kindergarten. The return of a fall festival to downtown Fayetteville. Courtney Lanning's review of the new film, The Creator, about a struggle between humans and artificial intelligence. And our regular dose of real intelligence with Michael Tilley about the week's news. That's tomorrow at noon and 7 on
1: 91.3 KUAF. This is 91.3 KUAF, Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Rogers, and St. Paul. Contributors today included Jacqueline Froelich, Paul Gatling, and Leah Uribe. Additional reporting help from our friends at Little Rock Public Radio, which, by the way, you'll be able to hear Ozarks at Large on their airwaves weekdays at 7 p.m. beginning on Monday. That's right. Excited about that.
0: Matthew produced today's show inside the...
1: Where are we? Bruce and Ann Applegate, New
0: Studio 2. Ah. Hey, I haven't forgotten this, though. We are listener-supported, and that means that listeners make up the largest part of our budget at 91.3 KUA, if I mean by far the largest part. So the reason we can bring you Ozarks at Large and 1A and Science Friday, everything you hear, is because people like you, listeners like you, contribute what you can, and together... We make public radio happen.
1: That's right. The beautiful thing about this community is we have small givers. We have large givers. We have contributors of all sizes. And it's the work of all of that together that makes it possible to bring you public radio. This really is a team effort. We use your support to make this happen.
0: Thank you, David and Deborah Malone, for your $150 challenge. But they have one more for us tomorrow.
1: That's right. You can go to supportkuaf.com right now and make your gift. I'm Kyle Kellams. I'm Matthew Moore. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow. The Hillberry Harvest Moon Music and Camping Festival is October 4th through the 8th
0: at the farm in Eureka Springs, and KUAF is giving you the chance to win tickets. Hillberry welcomes elephant revival, leftover salmon, kitchen dwellers, and more.
1: Registration at kuaf.com. Main Street Eureka Springs is hosting Open Studios on October 14th and 15th throughout Eureka Springs, supporting artists and makers and Oz Inc., the Northwest Arkansas Artist and Maker Incubator. Tickets and more information available at MainStreetEurekaSpring.org open studios.